louder. Next Evolution Podcast. I am Eddie Shepard along with Travis Lasseter. And you guys may be hearing, but it's raining as we record this episode. No, that's just, that's just the sound of all the ladies that listen. Oh, man. Getting it's... moist. <laughs> Which is two of you. <laughs> Even my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Sorry, Landry. <laughs> <laughs> we made it to number 76 on the I, uh, iTunes charts, man. That's pretty cool. I know. I've only been around uh, three weeks and already in the top 100, you know. Not as high as Wrestling Ruin was, but if we keep going out every week, I think we can beat Wrestling Ruin's top peak position. Yeah, big thing is apologies to Chris Russo. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Maybe got to back, backtrack on a few statements, but I still hold firm that Chris Russo is a mediocre announcer at best. Maybe I shouldn't have gave him as much crap as I gave him, but if he was really good, he'd still be around. That's the thunder rolling for you right now. <laughs> it's the ascension. They're coming in to get me. Sorry, Kenneth Cameron. Yeah, so we got a message from Tom Latimer, um, a.k.a. Bram, a.k.a. Kenneth Cameron of the Ascension, saying that he uh, listened to the show and said he would retweet it, but it, Chris Russo is a friend of his. And he might hurt his feelings, so I... I you know, we just we do this in jest on here. I don't know who Chris Rizzo is. I just know that he wasn't my favorite part of the show. So if you listen to any podcast I'm on, I'd take digs at everybody. So Chris Rousseau, if you got your feelings hurt, meh. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's all, it's all done in fun, Chris Rousseau. Yeah, that was just pretty cool that uh, Tom Latimer was messaging us about it and then asked us, you know, when we were if we were going to come to the... 74 show in st louis so that was pretty cool sadly we probably would not be able to attend that just because it's a couple states away but if any of our listeners would like to buy tickets to nwa 74 please check out nwatix.com yeah tom free free plug there guys uh they're having a fan fest and all that cool stuff so i mean definitely check it out if you love some quality wrestling we've, we've been to always ready we went to the crockett cup we went to the tv tapings and we had fun at all the shows and you know you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give good old cheerio to mercurio who we who we uh called cheerio at oh the yeah tapings. he got he helped that uh he helped Mar- markova get her uh, uh purse back in a walmart they tracked him down so Good old Cheerio to Cheerio. I don't know if you could hear it on the TV tapings, but we gave him hell calling him Cheerio the whole and show. And he actually sold some uh, autographs um, because of that. So And, I, and I tweeted welcome. him, and he, re- he we had a little com- back and forth on Twitter there for who, a little Who bit. did you have a, a, a GIF fight with? Uh, it was uh, whoever I was calling Gary Coleman. I cannot remember his name, but he is with Austin Idol and all them. He's like a manager. But, um, yeah, I had a GIF war with kept sending him Gary Coleman gifts, and he kept responding. Uh, it was pretty fun because uh, I think he was having some fun with it at the pay per view and at the TV tapings. Me, Brandon, and Eddie just kept yelling that he was Gary Coleman, and we kept making uh, dang it, uh, what's uh, what you talking about? Willis references and all that <laughs> stuff. Different strokes for different folks. So, you know, good sports. I mean, probably no offense, don't get a whole ton of Twitter interaction. So us popping in there, giving it a little bit of love was was uh, probably good for them. Get a little bit of get a little bit of help there. Well, guys, our power is flickering at the moment, 
So we'll see how this episode goes. We're going to keep the energy up. <laughs> so we'll be right back with you guys. We're going to let our ads roll, and we'll continue on with this episode. Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louder? Well, let me tell you. Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. And we're back, guys. Gosh darn. Those are some quality ads. Dang it, those ads. So, Travis, we were who were we talking about? I'm talking about the church's money. Jeez. Jeez. That's who we were talking <laughs> about. Gary Coleman-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Tell Todd Bridges I said hello. Aww. Aww. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. He's a good Stop, sport. Is Todd Bridges still alive? No. Uh, I think, is, no. Did he die? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll keep up with different strokes, people. I know Gary Coleman's in. What about the dude that touched the Arnold's friend in the bike shop? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's probably dead. He's probably dead, too. I mean, this show's from the like 70s, early 80s. And Gary Coleman took a hell of a guitar Welcome shot, which I tweeted to, to uh, the beat just <laughs> which I tweeted the old church's money. <laughs> so I bet he put his napkins in his hat just like Gary Coleman did. Oh, <laughs> All right, guys. So this episode is going to be NXT from July 11th, 2012. It's going to be season six, episode four. We're going to get a big debut on this uh, on this show, Travis. Aren't you excited? Oh, yeah, totally. Super duper excited. You know, we're like three days off from being there. I know. We did right? this really well. Like, it yeah, worked out yeah, very worked well. It worked out well. I was like, oh, Not planned either. Not planned at all. No, <laughs> just, it just, just worked, worked out. out. Yeah, it worked out very well. I did like almost 10 years to the day. You're welcome, wrestling community. You're so, uh, I know people like it when I say we pull out your, uh, your peacock, peacock, pull out your cock, and <laughs> whip, get the... <laughs> whip out your peacock and let's go. Yeah, get peacock pulled up. Season six, episode four. Erect your peacock app. What? What? <laughs> we'll say three, two, one, play, and we'll start this bad boy. Three, two, one, play. play. World Wrestling Federation. The signature's back this <laughs> For week. over 50 years. <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the signature is back this week, though, which is great. It is nice. It was not there last week, which was felt weird. Yeah, you're fired, Vince. I wonder who's... We'll get to that. You're going to be saying words to yourself soon. We'll be talking about that here shortly. Um... The, We're on a whodunit case now. <laughs> Who did it? <laughs> whodunit. Still uh, probably one of the best intro songs. I'm going to say it every episode. Cody and Cambria, the song uh, rules. Just go ahead and take Jared Bateman out. He's done. Like we were saying, guys, this is NXT from July 11th, 2012. Tonight, we get Byron Saxton and William Regal on commentary. You know the only person that has not been on the show yet that's in these entrance videos? Uh, Big E uh, and uh, Xavier Woods, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Because even the the uh, the announcer girl that's in here has been technically on TV. The um, the African American girl, I cannot I remember her, her name. name. Summer Rae and her dresses. 
Ooh, first match, Camacho uh, with Hunico taking on Tyson Kidd. And a lengthy matchup, too. I do not like this gear. I like the pink and black gear with Tyson Kidd a little bit more. Yeah. I know they get away from it because he's not, you know, it's not the heart uh, dynasty anymore. Everyone's got to open up their Mountain Dews. Travis, you already mm-hmm. opened up your Red Bull, so. Yeah, I already cracked the can. It's fun cracking that can. So. Yeah, there's Christopher Sosa in the ring. Yeah, he's a he's he's fantastic. He just sounds like another white dude announcing. Yep. Sorry. No Tom Phillips. <laughs> oh, no he? Greg Hamilton. Greg, that's the one I'm thinking of. They call him socks. He had the socks yeah, on. you got fired. Oh, everyone gets fired anymore, man. <laughs> oh, look, it's Camacho. No, it wasn't Greg. It wasn't. Who's, who's the announcer now on Raw? Mm, it's not Big Joseph. Uh, Jimmy something. No, 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 no. He's like the actual ring announcer, not the commentator. Oh, Mike Rome? Yes. He was the one I was thinking of that we Mike, kept. Yeah, Mike Rome's a man. Yeah, he's awesome. He was awesome when we went to Full Sail. Oh, look, Brock Lesnar Jr. with his stupid comb over oh, here. Man. William Regal says, Hunico was once getting beat up, and Camacho grabbed six guys off of him, and he bit one of the guy's eyeballs out. No racist. Gotta get him over. Gotta get him over, brother. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll give it to you, man. William Regal is my guilty pleasure of this. He is great on commentary. He puts over things. He tries to give people a backstory. He doesn't just blow through it. Like, As it goes on, too, Byron Saxon actually starts to grow on me. Byron Saxon gets better. I can't remember if it's this episode. It's the next episode. I have it in my notes. He's kind of dry at the beginning of it. Like He's not very good. And I'm like, dang, Byron Saxon's coming a long way. And then by the end of the episode, it's like he's back into it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he sounded pretty good. Uh... There's a big full cell sign in the front crowd. I want to say this is a different set of tapings now. Tons of baby oil here. Lots. From, uh, That's from how you glisten, icing. bud. That's how you glisten. Was it icy hot that they would put on themselves as well? Yeah, put it on their forearms and like rub it in people's eyes. And oh, it's God. Like, it's like a rib, which is not very nice rib. Oh, it's so wild seeing him in, in the in the Chacos here in the uh, in the. Uh, it's Getting weird the Dickies that, and, and everything, knowing that he goes on to be in the Gorillas of, uh, of Destiny. And it's so weird that like a lot of these people, I know we addressed on the last podcast, but they are related to stars of the past or have some kind of relationship Connection. with them. So. Yeah, because I mean at this point, Thunder Rolls, baby. Uh, Tyson, Tyson Kidd, of course, we already talked about, has the connections with the Hart family and the and the dungeon growing up. What was it? Uh, Canadian Stampede, we actually yeah. see him get in into the ring. Yeah, after the match. Which Woo! was just the... Uh, 25 year anniversary of uh, In Your House Canadian Stampede. God, we're going to have to watch that soon. Yeah, it's not. We'll it's, uh, you know, they were talking about that the other day. One of the best crowds ever in the history of wrestling. And it was just so hot because of the America versus Canada angle that was going on at the time. Just think of the tag team that you had against the Hart Foundation. You have the Road Warriors. You have Ken Shamrock, Gold Goldust, and Steve Austin. Yeah. And originally, if, if it worked out like it was supposed to, it was supposed to be Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Ken Shamrock, and the LOD. And then he wasn't part of it. Goldust took Shawn's place. So you imagine that in well, Canada. I think Shawn probably knew who was going over and he didn't want to be there. Yeah, but Austin took the fall, so it didn't really matter. Spoiler. Whoa, um, whoa. But back, back to what we were saying is, is Camacho is Haku's son, which we have touched on in previous um, a previous episode. Just barely touched on it. But like I just don't see him. He doesn't really look like Haku. To me, no, or or, man, or Mang, 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 and staying at Rise, put him in a match. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to have dropped the Great American Bash episode. That was fantastic. Yep. Man, Tyson Kidd was so fucking good. Look at this, man. Yeah, we were supposed to drop the Great American Bash. However, uh, our schedules did not work out well with Brandon's. We've yet to record it. Have the notes though. We're ready to roll. Love it. Love, love uh, that I've watched Great American Bash ninety five twice now. I'm gonna have to watch it a third time. 
So that's going to be nine hours of my life. I don't really ever get back. So tremendous. Um, but also, Tyson Kidd put on a damn clinic here against Camacho, by the way. Yeah, I have my notes. He's so damn smooth in the ring. Like, look, just like no one does anymore. He, puts his, he put his head between his knee and his thigh, like, just to hold him in place. Like, st- little, it's little things. You man. know, the, the heart... The Hart Dynasty, uh, the Hart, the new Hart Foundation, you want to call them that. Did you know that they were that uh, Tyson and D.H. Smith, you know, Davy Boy Jr., Harry Smith, were the first tag teams to hold the Copper Tag Title belts? I did not know that. I thought I do remember them holding them, and I'm pretty sure they won the uh, the uh, the two where they had the four belts because like when people won the unified titles, they were carrying around both belts like linked around their neck yeah. or something. Because um, I remember Jericho and Big Show were carrying around all four belts there for a while. You mean Jericho? Jericho. I hate Jericho. calling them that. So, and also, Big Show had the worst goatee and the worst singlet I've ever seen. That stupid blue singlet sucked. Oh, it was bad. So I actually bad. sold that Elite figure I found of that in my case. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Terrible. So, this, like I said, this episode aired July 11th of 2012. Hunico <laughs> about to get kicked out for being... Uh, excessively Hispanic pretty yeah, much that's, um, that was the, the reason way, it's pretty much because he's like trying to get in the ring um, is the way they kind of lay it out on commentary here not yeah, trying not, not very PC like mild mild racism back in the day I mean there's still that in wrestling now there's always stereotypes that they benefit off oh of. that dive over the top rope that's one of the first dives we've seen on this uh, Tyson Kidd with the chicken on, on, on Hunico there you know he, he definitely and he's right Around this time, going to be in the Money in the Bank match. I want to say it's actually, it's actually the following Sunday. So, some ladies on up a sign that said, "You are hot." In the <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, of this time frame, like I said, this is July eleventh, 20, 2012. Current champions, WWE current champions are WWE champ, of course, CM yeah, Punk, man. right in the middle of his four hundred thirty-four day title reign. Also getting ready to turn heel because I'm pretty Raw sure one thousand's creeping. It is. We have the announcements for Raw one thousand coming up. Uh, the World Heavyweight Champion is Sheamus. Who actually has a dark match during this set of tapings with Alberto Del Rio. He does, yes. The Intercontinental Champion is Christian, who had just won it not too long before this. Then this, He didn't beat The Miz. He loses it to The Miz, I'm pretty sure. Because he's in the Money in the Bank. Like I remember the graphic, because Christian's standing front and center with the Intercontinental title. Yes. I'm trying to remember who it was. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But yeah, Christian is uh, the Intercontinental Champion. U.S. Champion is Santino Morella who uh, gets the title taken off him off somebody we'll see later on in this episode. The tag champions are Kofi and R-Truth. And the Divas champion is, is, is Layla. It was just where they were throwing teams together pretty much. Well, Kofi was like what, Punk, Truth, Evan, Evan Bourne, Born, Air Boom. And then, of course, you know, with, with the New Day, that, that does follow later on. But this is interesting, right? The Impact champions at this time. Oh, God. So 2012, three, it's got to be like Bobby Roode or something. Three nights before this... Austin Aries cashed in his uh, X Division title to end Bobby Roode's 256-day title reign, which I believe is still the longest reign. Is that option C that they never talk about? Option C? Yes. Uh, We can say what we will about Austin Aries because his uh, social views, he's kind of a dick. But wrestling-wise? Hell of a wrestler. Just kind of a douchebag in real life. Uh, Zima Ion became the X Division champion that same night as well. DJZ? And Ultimate X. Uh, I believe it was Kenny King... Z- Zima Ion, Scorpio Sky was in that match, and there was somebody else I cannot remember who it was. Which he is now in NXT. He is. Yes. Walking Wild. Walking Wild. And yeah. he um, also wrestled for NGW back in the day. Yep. I bought a best of uh, D- DJZ. Yeah. Right after that's when he had that really weird um, injury. Injury where he, he has that big scar on his stomach. He, they thought he w- he wasn't going to live. It was some kind of like 
I think he was like septic or something like that. Like they had to go through and do some emergency surgery. So good for him for being alive still. Great guy. TV champion, which was formerly the Legends, Legends title Ch- and became the King of the Mountain title. <laughs> fuck, fuck Impact, my God. Uh, Devon. Wow. And I actually read he the way he loses it. They vacated it because he was in the middle of contract uh, disputes, so which I thought was. Bring it back. Yeah, they just they know they vacated it and they they end up giving it to somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Uh, the tag team champions are bad influence. Uh, Kazarian and Chris Daniels, great tag Hell team. team. Uh, knockouts champion, Miss <laughs> Tessmacher. She actually was decent when she went to Impact. Uh, Brooke from uh, the Extreme Expose. Yes, yes. The, the lady Vince McMahon uh, supposedly got filleted by. Yeah, we. Uh, more news. More news is coming out. We're trying to figure out who blew Vince in this. Uh, in this scandal that's going on allegedly uh, allegedly sorry allegedly so if they kind of put a gag order pun intended on this and um they weren't supposed to say anything how is all this information coming out or is it still technically a gag order because names aren't being released i guess but like how are they finding out if people are supposed to keep their mouth shut unless vince is divulging hey i made these payments but if i was vince mcmahon and uh let's just say people were opening their mouths i'd want my money back just saying because you're supposed to keep your mouth shut and you didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm wild not, stuff because this. I mean, this stuff had had to have been going on for years. It's not like it's a fucking secret. And 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 I'm in jest there. Like, I mean, if Vince did this stuff, like, I mean, apparently him and Linda have been separated for years, is the rumor. So it's not like they're like claiming infidelity, but like technically, people knew that they weren't together. And but Vince shouldn't have been using his power to be with these women. Well, the thing is, this, allegedly, this allegedly. happens. This happens a lot of places. It's not like it's anything new. I mean, honestly, this probably happens just at your common Joe's workplace. Yep. But you know, when you're up this this high, a lot of these guys think they're bulletproof. Harvey Weinstein, for example. Well, and here's the thing with this is like, it's took this long for really to come back and stick Vince when in his seventies. Like, I just don't. Like, how did this not come out sooner than it already has, especially with them being a publicly traded company since 1999? Well, I know there was talks, but uh, I watched a story where uh, I want to say she was the first women's referee and that he made her um, do mouth stuff to him in his limo and basically said, if you didn't do it, then you're going to not have a position. And then she did it, and then, of course, he fires her. Which Um, is, all of this is just allegations and stuff now. I mean... Who knows what's going to eventually come out, but it, it could spell the end of Vince McMahon in the WWE, which is not the way I thought he would go out. Really, I thought he would go out dying. It's the it's trying kind of, to do creative at Raw. It's the it's kind of the weirdest thing to, to know that Nick Khan has ever since Nick Khan has came, all this stuff started happening. So you know, from the inside, who knows? Um, it's very interesting to see what what will happen. And like you said, I think if he doesn't have, you know, if he's not at the tapings, his quality of life is going to drop and it could be, you know, a matter of time. This is all he's ever known. Like, I mean, this is how he keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And like you take the one thing away from him that keeps him going, it's, it's bad to say, but we may not have Vince McMahon around as not just a figure of WWE, but in life. And it's like, that's just, that's just how things work. I mean, that's not us wishing anything bad on Vince McMahon, no. but that's just us. I, I've seen it happen to people. Like once they get away from something, or or once they lose that one thing that keeps them going, their health and life deteriorates yeah. upon itself. And now he's going to have to go through an ugly divorce, probably with Linda, if they're not already ready divorced quietly. Uh, no, I, I I think that they've been married for legal purposes. They probably have an open relationship or something, and, and that's probably well known. At that point. The fucking elite having all these nasty wordies and shit. Yeah, but but, th- but honestly, this is the this is the only. 
allegations that have came out, God knows how many other things have actually happened. So hopefully nothing too crazy. I mean, if, if this stuff was going on and these women felt, you know, they were taken advantage of, I'd never want anybody to feel that way. No. Um, I'm, if it's at a case where they kind of wanted the money, they did it because they knew they'd have them in a kind of a position to get paid i mean i guess more power to you but i really hope that it's more so the latter than the first yeah this well, match has actually been really good i know we've kind of been talking about all this other a 14 shit. minute match with camacho you wouldn't think it would be good but it is actually really good yeah i think we're not talking about the the ta- the tonga law from new japan here he's like basically just breaking in here he's pretty it. good i think a lot of it is tyson tyson's done a lot of cool moves in this match and i think he's he's definitely showing how well He's he's gotten in the ring. Well, he's taking he's taking his offense and he's making him look like a million bucks, which is what you're supposed to do is a uh, a smaller baby face to a giant. But yeah. like, and and you really think about it, Camacho is not that big of a man, I guess. But he's, to, he's, to, to to Tyson Kidd, he looks you know bigger. He, he looks quite short, but stout. If that makes any sense. But, Boom! Right in the face. But it it just I don't know. It just. Whatever comes of WWE next is going to be the weirdest thing. It's wild that everyone was talking about how there was a big power struggle and Stephanie and Triple H were gone, and it's like as soon as, that, as, yeah, as soon as that happened, they're back. So I think I and this is me just spitballing here, but I think Vince knew this was coming, so he moved them around so that when they came back, you know, they would they would come back kind of open arms and well, he moved Stephanie out of that position because he knew someone was going to take over CEO. Uh, Triple H had those health problems, so he was moved out of his spot. But like, it's it's funny the people he's put back. It's people he trusts, and it all kind of makes sense now. Bruce Pritchard, um, Jeff Jarrett, is crazy to think that he brought him back as someone he trusts. But I mean, it's just weird. He brings him back to handle live events and things like that. Someone with the experience to do it. So it's cool. This to see. is like the weakest finish. Michael McGillicuddy runs this, out there and, and distracts him. This is where I said it felt like they taped this stuff out of order, kind of. Because why wouldn't have this led to the six-man tag instead of... Yeah, I agree. Because like, he, cost, he cost Tyson Kidd the match with Camacho. And then like he had nothing to do with it up until the point of the six-man tag. So, but I do not think... I do think this is a different taping because the signs and stuff up front are different. But it's just weird feeling... Yeah, it's going it is. for that dungeon lock. This is actually a really cool finish. I have in my ma- my notes. This is a good match, but for me, it's way too long for an opening match. No, I feel like it just doesn't flow well. Which goes back, like you were saying, I think maybe that they filmed this in a and out of order, just kind of weird. I think they filmed the matches more so back in the day, and then chopped it up to how they thought it would best work out more. And, I, and because I feel like when we went to NXT and stuff, the way they taped it was how it came out on TV. Yeah. It wasn't how like I don't feel like. You got to think that's probably a bitch to edit too when you're doing that from that perspective. It's a lot easier just boom, 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 boom. It is nice not seeing the commentators in the screen when they look up the ramp now too. Oh man, look at this tag match we're getting. Usos versus the Primetime Players. God, I was a Primetime Players fan, man. Had their shirt, everything. But like, I love the commentators not being seen up the ramp. I like them off to the side, like how they did it. Here it is. Oh my God. These promos have been a highlight week after week of Bray Wyatt. Running low on faith, stopping and fill up. I think that's the same one from last last week, but it's still effective. The thunder roll? God, Ascension, shut up. <laughs> Stupid Con- Conor O'Brien. <laughs> and his Elvis pompadour. <laughs> He's fat Elvis, I don't care. <laughs> Is he like Elvis that passed away on the toilet? Or like 
He's zombie Elvis. Zombie, I got you. This one more makeup. Oh, so um, more, here's the weird thing where there's like a girl laying in the background and stuff. Like you might think it's Sister Abigail. That's what I'm thinking too, because even Luke in this Harper. even in this promo, you still get the girl laughing at the end as well. So I, I really still feel like there was supposed to be a woman added to the Wyatt they family. They never like focus on her, but it could almost pass as that Audrey Marie girl because she has like a reddish hair. I right actually, there. we will see her in a few episodes as well. We yeah. were just talking about Audrey Marie, who was married to Mike Dalton. A.K.A. Tyler Breeze. They're not still married. I don't know. Maybe. They are not. No, they're not. They are not. But, like, this is all, like, stupendous. Like, there's your first real glances of Luke Harper. I still don't know who the other guys are. Um, you don't that see That one is enough. not Michael McGillicuddy now. You can see from the side of his head there. One of them might be Brad Maddox. That one with the, the tan, or not the denim vest. He had that stupid hair, mop hair like Brad Maddox had. He was still doing the run. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff, man. Look at this. He sounds very well and mercy like when he comes out talking. Oh, to these definitely. Kids, talking to these kids and stuff. Those like, hey man, hey man, <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Hey man, hey man Bray Wyatt. Oh, oh Matt Striker, the Darewolf. He thought that was a cool name. I did not. Dude, he's a former three-time tag champion. And I just felt like he had so much upside, and they did nothing with it. If he would have been around when the Cruiserweight division took off, I think he could have been a star of it. You're on to something, because I'm going to ask you about that next episode. No. But, like, I mean, his promo skills were not the greatest. Like, he bumbles and stumbles here a little bit with Matt Stryker, but you could tell this was filmed at a Raw or SmackDown taping, because that's not the background of NXT. No. And it makes sense why Stryker was there as well. They have the huge WWE logo, like they always did stuff in front of hear me out he looks like he's a good he's a good looking dude heel with a mouthpiece definitely yeah. could have done something could have done something here it is man one ran right bam baby he's a one man burn I've been on I've been on Raw and Smackdown tearing it up you mean losing to all the legends we'll, we'll, we'll also talk about that next episode <laughs> that, as well he's on he's on that losing legend streak here which is pretty awesome man hey he had a solid run he, he's Slater like these both these guys did Slater was in WWE for almost uh, was it 12 years or so? Because he'd been around since 06. Yeah, he was on the first seat. Well, on, he was uh, like signed developmental yeah. that early, but he was on the main roster since 2010. And, that's I pretty mean, damn cool, man. That's what, like, like <laughs> calm down, Bray. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, man, that's, that's how he talks, too. He's like, pretty damn cool, man. <laughs> Him and Rhino and Impact. Apparently, he's, like, getting a huge little shove in Impact now. He's like a badass. He looks great. He's definitely toned up more. Um, yeah, I think he got the surgery to get rid of that those man boobs he's got going on. Aww, aww. But like he's got shorter hair now. Wears the sunglasses. Kind of looks more ba. Aiden English gets an entrance this week. Yeah, he needs to put on some longer tights. He has such a generic look. He's supposed to be like this generic baby face, and it's so he's, bad. He's wearing tights that almost look like Hanes just dyed purple because they're really small. I mean, how did you get off his fucking back? He was oh. making do with what he had. I need some Rogaine, too. Sorry. Oh. Don't mean to offend. Ah, oh, shit, man. We didn't, we're going to talk about that other show. <laughs> no. We'll talk about that later, too, because he, he, he's had some really big words about it. So we'll talk about that later. Bray's theme was always so fucking cool to me. Hey, man. <laughs> he's rubbing the fucking LEDs. Don't break those. They're expensive. Ah, man. This was money. I know I say that a lot a lot of people, but this gimmick made a lot of money. And, like, I thought it was money when it first, I first started hearing about it and seeing it. It's like what... I know we compare it to Weather Mercy. I know it's different. But, like, 
this is what Waylon Mercy could have been in the early 90s. Well, if Dan Spivey wasn't already at the fucking end of his career. And, you know, we missed this, but like if The Undertaker and and uh, Dan Spivey had to work together, that would have been two former tag team partners. The skyscrapers would have been colliding. Calm down, Travis. <laughs> no one cares about Dan fucking Spivey. Crash into me. Crash into me, damn it. <laughs> but Waylon Mercy versus The Undertaker was a skyscraper. skyscrapers reunion. Hey, WrestleMania 13, main event, Sid versus The Undertaker. Skyscrapers. Skyscrapers. And that's another... Uh, Who's the better skyscraper? And, hey, man, the Million Dollar Corporation got another guy in the fucking main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> damn right. Check that out on Wrestling Ruin, Fuck guys. You, <laughs> uh, like I was saying, I love the Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt had the same theme, too. I do love the Fiend version, which mm-hmm. I think it's Code Orange that does the version yeah. of that. And, uh, just really, really cool. He's very, like... Lean here too, like he, he, you know, he put on a little bit of weight later on, but that, that very, very fit. That ref there is now on the main roster. He is. As well. I know that's one thing I noticed too. I remember you mentioned it on some of the last episodes, but I have started to notice more and more refs on the main roster. God, those weird socks. They look like Cesaro socks, kind of. Yeah. Man, crash. Remember when he like shaved his head? Everyone was saying that he looked like uh, Cesaro. Kind of goes. Got well, I think that's boy. why he kept the hair as long as he did was because Cesaro, oh God, he shit cans him out. <laughs> Bray Wyatt gives him a wedgie. And he's there. laughing his ass off. So they did something too. You know, he came out basically introduced himself, and as he got into the ring, the ring announcer, still Chris Russo, announced Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was no need to announce the man. He just introduced himself. Yeah. There's no point to oh, Bray Wyatt. That was a little. That was a little weird, but I mean, I guess they're just following protocol there announced to people when they come out dude the crowd is soaking it up they keep chanting let's go Wyatt cool Wyatt Ranger shirt there by I the did way. see that I saw that apparently there's a uh, Power Rangers podcast on the old Project Louder network uh, that I might have to tune into yeah you were asked to hop on there were you not I, t- I volunteered to go on there <laughs> that was on Finn's birthday right yeah we were going, we were going over our, what was all coming out so Project Louder guys check us out plenty of other stuff look at this guy man he looks so cool just insane that's the, the that's thumbnail the th- right thumbnail there right yeah there. Like he, you could tell he's still working on it because he didn't do that a whole lot in the main roster. Well, he was stuff, doing that. Like, that was it. Daniel was it Daniel Mulligan or something like that or something Mulligan, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a Leatherface gimmick. It had like it looked like a duct tape mask. It looked really cool, but no way it would have got over. This is yeah. cool, man. I've always loved how he, he'd pull him oh, in the corner like he's dancing with him. William Regal like talks about that. He's like, oh, now he's dancing with him. Now he's dancing with him. And then here comes Sister. What we would find out would be called Sister Abigail. Boom! It looks great, too. It looks too. so good, and it probably didn't really hurt to take that, because like, he's underneath him. And this is another thing like we were talking about. Look at that. He's holding him like he's like caressing him. Look at that. <laughs> that tattoo's badass on his arm, too. But Byron Saxon says he's a third-generation superstar. Yeah, he does mention that. But in this sense, you do not need to mention that. No, like, It no. takes away from the mystique of, of Bray Wyatt. Then it makes people want to find out who he's related to, and then... Once you find that out, it kind of takes away from it, too. He looks like, more like a Wyndham than he does a Rotunda. They really didn't need to mention that, because like you said, it takes away from the character that he's a third-generation star, and then you find out he's Husky Harris and all this other stuff, and then people are like, oh, God, it's Husky Harris. Yeah, after this match is over... They William just let him be his own person. William Regal says, this man's going to be a huge star, and I say he was right. He was I right. I think he made how many WrestleMania appearances, uh, how many... Uh, Championships, quite a well, few. Like, look at the men he wrestled at Mania. He wrestled The Undertaker. Cena. He wrestled Cena. Like, I mean, he wrestled big names. He wrestled Orton. Um, Twice. I, I mean, I just, just, it's just crazy to think. Like, I mean, people can say what they want to about how, like, he didn't get a push like they thought. He was a mainstay on the roster. He he was talked about all the time. He, had, he always had big matches. He may not have won them, but he was kind of in that Undertaker position there for a while that, like, 
even if he lost, he didn't, didn't really, didn't really lose anything. Which, granted, he should have won some. All the stink was Cena. There's but a lot of that stuff. Him being the champ, you know, that was a cool little run he had. But like, I mean, you just, I do not like the fact that Nick Goldberg beat him for the belt. Yes. Yeah. Money in the Bank is this following Sunday. Following yep. this, there's the graphic. We so were we get about. Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk with AJ as the ref, which, which is, is very weird because you know, of course, she marries Punk. CM Punk. This is just a wild time. I remember they had that feud. I think it was over the limit was the match they had. It was great. Is that and the one the where he comes finish. out with the weird jacket? Yeah, that and Vin, stuff. he didn't tell Vince about. It's supposed Vince to be like a it. taxi driver. Yeah, it's supposed to be like an anarchist. There's that four way tag or ladder match we were talking about that uh, Miz comes into. Yeah, that was the worst one ever. And then this one has so many people in it. Yeah, uh, Tensai, Dolph, <laughs> Cody, Damian, Jason Damian Albert. Sandow. Uh, Santino Morella, Sin Cara, future future Christian. Uh, NXT commentator Jason Albert. Oh, you're right. And and everybody he, forgets that. But and also, he uh, was still. I don't know if he still is one of the main trainers down there. Is he? He is. We also one, get Del Rio versus Sheamus, which is wild. With this Ricardo is... Rodriguez. Oh, oh God, God, Bradley Pierce. Pierce. Now this is definitely in the NXT backstage area, which. Ricky Richie Steamboat, not a great promo right now. No, no. Leo Kruger. When he fully forms an Adam Cole, he's pretty. He's a little no. bit better on the mic. On the mic. I do hate that he double legs him here in this tiny spot, in this tiny area. <laughs> yeah, Leo comes in with this terrible fucking accent or lack thereof terrible. I'm accent. the king of Africa. The king of Africa. They put the sash over later on. Oh, really? No. You're not over unless you have a sash, Travis. And like he talks to the guy in like African. I don't think he talks to him. In, in, well, he does the worst double leg take. I told you, it's in too small of a spot. It's terrible. Like <laughs> he's like, just, like, Jesus, that guy just came from the ring. Like God, Bradley Pierce, get in there. <laughs> no man, ain't my fault. Oh, don't try this at home, guys. I do like that they use the CM Punk uh, thing where he's winking at Macho Man getting ready to do the elbow. Elbow drop, yeah. That's, I mean, that was cool. That was all shorter-haired Dolph Ziggler. Throws me off. This is this is a good time. I mean, 2012 was what it is what it is, but like, just look at the talent that evolved yeah. out of this year, man. Like, it it it's actually a pretty good year to watch back. 2012. Um, Whether you wanted CM Punk in the main event or not, he put on great matches. I know everyone always touts Money in the Bank 2011, which is a great show, but Extreme Rules 2012 is fucking awesome, too. Mm -hmm. That's the one with uh, when Brock comes back versus uh, Cena. Yep. And then we also get... uh, People weren't even born yet when they all debuted, guys. Justin Bieber. Oh, that's the two out of three falls match with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan as well. Justin Bieber wasn't born. (laughs) Here comes another... Uh, third generation superstar Raquel Diaz exfoliating ugliness tour which this is based off of her like FCW gimmick where she was the queen of FCW and stuff she was also I believe FCW women's champion there for a while as well she was like the, I think the, one of the longest reigning ones I wish I had actually wrote that down because I looked it up but like they're starting to put Twitter into her promos so Twitter's starting to take off more and more here but I've never been more offended but like it's funny because that's what I don't get about it. You have all this legacy, and they they talk about it. They're like, she's a third generation star. This is the she's part of the Guerrero family. Well, why doesn't she have the Guerrero name? Like, if you're gonna mention all that stuff, yeah, like, like, don't mention it. Like, because then everyone's yeah. gonna compare them to that anyway. It is weird that she only gets a week build up, and then when they do her promo for the next week, they just cut off where she says week. It says debuting next, next, yeah, yep. instead of the week thing. 
It's weird to see the Uso have so many matches in NXT. Seriously, man, they like they have like a weird like they're 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 muscular dudes, but they almost have like a baby fat thing. They going have on. they have a um God. Almost like a head shrinker esque. Head shrinker esque body. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Like almost a barbarian or a um uh Samu. Samu's bigger though. Yeah. But yeah. like they kinda had the Rikishi body, just not as fat. That is Chris Russo. Chris Russo, your suit doesn't fit right. You're so, so great, man. Chris, we love you. <laughs> You're wearing that gray Vince McMahon basic. You, you have really good figure. friends. <laughs> yeah, you do. We appreciate we appreciate all your hard work in NXT. Sorry, it didn't work out. Uh, Regal says that uh, he should try to get the Usos to date his twin daughters. I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. He said that twice. Now. <laughs> Makes me laugh a little like, bit. What I was at Gertrude. <laughs> <laughs> And also, um, uh, Jim Ross is out for this now. Yeah, Jim Ross uh, comes out for the, the for main event commentary, which I guess that makes it feel like a big deal. This is when they had those like uh, bedazzled shirts that they would wear. Yeah, and here's the also thing. They don't have the Millions of Dollars theme yet either. This Not is yet. a different th- song. Millions of Dollars. Because I'm pretty sure, if I'm not wrong, the primetime players, don't they beat... No, they beat the New Day, or do they beat the Usos for the belt? It's funny you say that, Travis, because I have a primetime player, uh, prime player's retrospective right here. God. Didn't even plan that shit, you guys. Dude, I loved the primetime players. I had their shirt. I know I mentioned that before. Had the big pick on it and the whistle. It was light blue and purple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like a was kind of baby blue. Because WWE always makes black shirts. I just wanted something different, and they put out that shirt, and I was like, hell yeah. And they had the whistle with the pick in it, and like, cause freaking later on, Titus O'Neil would start blowing the whistle and hurrah, 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 hurrah. which he did on stupid NXT. And he actually picks his hair on the uh, picks <laughs> the Darren Young's hair on this. Pretty funny. And then the Usos steal his pick. Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. So Titus O'Neil and Darren Young were actually rivals on NXT during its fifth season, which nobody watched. And they were also uh, on the first season of NXT. Yeah, nope. Da- uh, Titus O'Neil was not. Darren Young was. Yeah, his his yeah. pro was CM Punk. <laughs> and he had the goofy hair. He looked like a, an African-American John Cena. He did. That's when all the comparisons started happening. And he was like a party gimmick. And he was. this is when CM Punk was in Straight Edge Society. Yeah, so he was like, let's drink. And he's like, no, we're not and, drinking. And then he, they made him tag with him on SmackDown. And Punk just would look at him all disgusted like, Ugh. And he's in great, great shape, too. Both of him and Titus. Titus has always been a jacked-up dude, so... They actually were uh, feuding, and then the feud ended when O'Neill defeated Young in an ODQ match on January 18th, 2012 of NXT. Mr. No Days Off, Darren Young. O'Neill turned heel shortly after, and (laughs) Titus then formed an alliance with Darren Young. On April 18th, 2012 episode of NXT, it was announced that Titus O'Neill and Darren Young had been moved to the main roster. The team made their debut on SmackDown April 20th with a victory over the Usos. Which I thought was kind of random. So this is only April 20th of 2012. So this is only a few months before this that they've been on the main, the main roster. On June 1st, 2012, on the episode of SmackDown, they named themselves the Primetime Players. At no, way out, baby. at no Way Out, they won a fatal four-way tag match to become the number one contenders for the tag titles following assistance from Abraham Washington. Abraham Washington, Travis, I don't have my notes, but uh, we kind of mentioned him. So Abraham Washington used to come to the ring, and he had a microphone on him uh, around his ear, kind of like what um, Jillian Hall used. Yes, I was, I was thinking more so like Michael Jackson or yeah, like or Raquel Diaz uses yeah, yeah. it. So soon too. 
he goes out there and he's getting heat all and talking during the match. It's actually some really funny stuff. There's some really good things going on. And then he makes the comment about Co being like Kobe in Colorado. There ain't no stopping like Kobe in a uh, hotel in Colorado. There ain't no stopping them. Yeah. After that, people were fucking outraged. However, there wasn't Twitter wasn't a thing as what it is now. They would have canceled him long before he probably would have got fired. But they fired his ass immediately. Well, they, he used to have a talk show segment called the Abraham Washington Show, and he would just. You know, he would just talk on there sometimes, and like he would introduce people. It kind of was like the MVP lounge or whatever, yeah. and, but like he, he just wasn't as well taken because he wasn't the biggest star. Uh, in an interview released on August 15th, 2013, Darren Young revealed to be uh, gay in yeah. real life. It came out. On the August 19th episode of Raw, the primetime players started to wrestle as faces due to man man management's, if I could say it, and the fan support of Darren Young coming out, which was cool. Yep. Good good for uh, all good the people. I never saw anyone chanting out um, absurd uh, homophobic slurs at him. Yeah. So ECW, fuck you. Yeah, go back again and uh, listen to some of the wild shit on ECW. They got the pick, Travis. They got the pick. <laughs> they got the pick. And JR's making fun of I was like, I don't really understand what this is. And also, JR still doesn't know which Oso is which. Me neither, JR. <laughs> Me neither. On January 31st, 2014, uh, after Darren Young was pinned in a tag match on SmackDown against Rybaxel. God, <laughs> fuck you, Ryback. Ryback, Curtis Axel. Skip Sheffield. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Titus O'Neil viciously attacked Darren Young, turning heel and officially disbanding the team. However... They do get back together. At Money in the Bank 2014, the primetime players defeated the New Day to capture the tag championships for their first ever titles in the WWE. Millions they, of dollars. So they are integral to a part of history of wrestling because at SummerSlam, just a few months later, a month or two later, they lose the titles to the New Day, which kickstarted their historic title reign of 483 days. Yep. Beating demolition. There we go. And that's because Demolition currently, they had a lawsuit going on. They had a whole concussion lawsuit with that uh, weird guy, Chris, whatever. It was spelled with a K. I, I know you're talking about yeah. because I know a lot of people went to him. I think uh, Animal from the Road yeah, Warriors Chris was Chris Constantine there. or something. Uh, I think it? who was a Barbarian. There was a bunch of random people that were a part One of that. One Man Gang, Chavo yeah. Guerrero joined it, eventually got dismissed. Uh, yeah, so I believe a lot of those got dismissed quietly. So that those are like completely done and over with. Uh Shortly after, they quietly disbanded when Titus O'Neil received a 60-day suspension. Do you remember why? Because he grabbed Vince McMahon when he was walking off the stage or something that night. Yes. Like, he was just, like, grabbing at him, like, hugging him, and Vince got, like... Shoved him off, got pissed. I guess because it didn't show professional conduct or something on the stage. or Like, it was supposed to be a serious moment, and... I remember Batista was pissed. Batista and Titus O'Neil were really great friends, which... Titus O'Neil now is like the like the ambassador for WWE, which is wild that he got a sixty day suspension for that. Yeah, and I can't even remember what Vince's announcement was, but I guess Titus thought they were off the air, so he was fucking with them. Yeah, but it, fun. right when it happens, it goes dark, and then you hear that he gets suspended for sixty days. It was on the February eighth, twenty fifteen edition of Raw, yeah. so I don't remember what it could have been. I don't remember, but it was supposed to be like a serious angle or something, and Titus. I guess just to, thought they were off air and they weren't, and it kind of messed everything up for him there for a while. Uh, shortly after his suspension, um, Young and uh, Titus O'Neil would go back to singles competition. O'Neill began a feud with Rusev for the United States title, while Darren Young started a storyline with Mr. Bob Backlund. 
challenging the Miz for the Intercontinental Title, which went to nothing. Nothing. He got the match, and then like immediately gets released not too long after it. And I'm pretty sure. We have uh, in October 2017, Darren Young was released from his contract, and since then, Titus has been most famously the uh, was it the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Oh, he does the he the fucking Titus. fell. He almost killed himself. Yeah, he people don't realize how close he was to the fucking ring, the metal bars of the ring. Because if you never set up a wrestling ring, you don't understand how those beams work. And they're not fucking little tiny metal pieces. They're fucking thick metal. He could have easily broke his neck. Could have, you know, cr- you know, he could have been paralyzed. And the thing of it is, is Titus O'Neil looks 45 here. He's only 45 now. Yeah. He, he's one of those wrestlers that just like... Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Uh, <laughs> this is probably bad to say, but it's like that thing they say, black don't crack. Yeah, man. I saw I saw like, that. Someone's I, even said I, that I think Bobby Lashley even said that about himself because like, he's looked the same since yeah, he, forever. He man. looks... If anything, he looks better. I think someone said he just looks more oily now. The, so. pro- the problem with Titus O'Neil, though, is he looks 50. And he was probably 35 at the time when this came out. He, he would have been because it's 10 years ago. So. Yeah, the Arn Anderson so, syndrome. Yeah, but... Arn looked 50 when he was 27. Uh, of course, after that, Darren Yo- or uh, Titus O'Neil recently won the Warrior uh, Award for all of his contributions to um, helping kids. He's very helpful for kids um, in like inner cities. He goes there and speaks. The Be a Star campaign that they used to do, um, they don't really do a whole lot of. They don't mention that anymore. Um, it's kind of weird having a Be a Star campaign telling you not to bully people when you have a, an owner who allegedly has paid people off for... Um, essentially raping them so uh oh, pretty wild stuff i know now why what that altercation was i looked it up while we were talking it was daniel prine's retirement speech oh that's when everyone came out to- mm-hmm. and they were leaving and then that's i guess vince didn't think he took it serious enough and he suspended titus o'neill he had titus worldwide and all that stuff it never really took off well, here- like Tazawa. well dude here's the thing what then one of the usos catch a dui and he was like wrestling the next day yeah and but- titus o'neill Joked Vincent Mann and got 60 days. It's kind of bullshit, right? Yeah, it tells you that he was integral to a storyline or something and Titus wasn't. Which, to me, it's crazy that the Uso... Uh, it's Jimmy. Jimmy's the one that's had all the problems with the DUIs because he's married to Naomi. But, like, because that's when Jay got the singles push and fought Roman in a pretty damn good Hell in a Cell match and stuff like that. Yeah, he had a good little run. Jay, Jay had a good little run with Roman there on top. And you say what you will about the Usos, but, man, Jay... Definitely showed that he could be a single star, but he's always going to be attached to the Usos just because they're such a great tag team. They are they are a foundation block for the tag division. I don't see them ever breaking up. Just kind of like the New Day is. Like the New Day is kind of doing their own thing now, but they're always going to keep them together because they're a foundation block for their tag division now. Yeah, I've, I've, no, I said it the last Uso match that we had on here with the Ascension, uh, who is missing this episode, which is kind of weird that we don't have the Ascension on here. They don't even mention them. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird, but the Usos are probably one of the top five tag teams in the world. Millions Especially that match they had with the, um, I don't think we've actually talked about it since then, but the match that they had with the Street Profits was fucking fantastic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brandon sending us stuff while we record that oh, we can't man. talk about. Yeah. Um, but I just—I don't know if you—I don't think you got—I don't know if you watched the match yet for Money in the Bank, but it was fantastic, man. The Usos were uh, had a great match with the Street Profits, and it just was—it was probably the match of the night. The Usos were—I mean, the Street Profits are great, and I hope they don't don't break them up. I could see Montez Ford being a huge single star, especially now that he's put on some bulk and stuff. But if they do, Angelo Dawkins is left, and it's going to be left in the uh, the dust and the Marty. That, that sucks, man, because. 
he he worked so hard in NXT for so long. He's one of those guys that's kind of like a Jason Jordan was around for a while, around for a while, around for a while. Kept getting put in gimmick. Kept been, he was in like a a thing with Chad uh, Chad Gable where he was um, a part of this wrestling team, and then Chad Gable gets called up, and they never do the wrestling thing. Yeah, in NXT, but they, he's kind of doing it now with Alpha Academy on uh, with uh, Otis. But they had one back in the day. I can't remember, remember what it was called, but they had a bunch of uh, actual legit college wrestlers in it, and Chad Gable was their leader. Which is funny that he's doing that now. Oh, here we go. We get to finish. It's almost like a demolition type. Very finish. demolition finish. Yep. Elbow drop. Here comes the Elks. Here comes the smash up. Three, and that is three. an Uso <laughs> with an elbow, yeah. Paint and Lucky Cannon. Gosh, the name I hadn't heard in a while. Oh, man. <laughs> it's fucking wild, man, to think uh, this is the, the state. Uh, I kind of did a little bit of research. I was trying to figure out when the tag titles were established in NXT. It's not until 2013. However... There is another tournament that's on the horizons. Uh, after I started looking up to see where we're going to be going with uh, with some of these follow up episodes, so the uh, NXT Gold Rush tournament is going to begin in here in a couple of weeks. Also, shout out to Darren Young. Now he's on the Indies as Fred Rosser. Oh, he's working in New is Japan. It, yep he 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 is um using his own name now. And uh, NWA, he was also no. on NWA. God, he looks so much like John Cena though. It's weird. Like with, if he shaved his head, he would have, he could have done it. Um, That's a tag team opportunity that was dearly missed. No, no, they didn't. They didn't miss anything. Cena was the man. He didn't need to be in a tag team. You don't know that. But overall, there was a pretty entertaining episode of uh, good old NXT. Yeah, there. you only got three matches. Uh, two real long ones. We get Bray Wyatt's debut, so there's some significance to this episode. And seeing where it goes, it's a. Uh, well, we're getting ready for the debut of Raquel Diaz too. They they're building that. Sorry for the yawn there, guys, but uh, it um. But yeah, they're building for her. Um, they're getting all that lined up for the next episode, and it's to me this episode feels more like what NXT would become. The way it's shot, the way the announcers are positioned, different things. Like it, it, it feels more like they they kind of have it under their um have a few episodes under what they're trying to do which is weird because the first tapings were in like may and then they didn't air till june and then these were done like at the end of june and they there there's not that big layover because remember i made the joke that uh it's coming up here jenner mahal grows a technically a beard in two weeks yeah yeah <laughs> it, it is kind of wild that um doing research for this just looking up different things that Roman Reigns and Mike Dalton were FCW tag champs together. And weird. a lot of this, the FCW shows, were still technically technically going on as NXT was debuting. They were doing their last little bit of FCW shows and then rolling them into them being NXT. Yeah, because they, they had a bunch of, they had stuff taped out, which is weird because, like, Dean Ambrose is one of those guys that's kind of in limbo because he's in Yeah, they never, they, he never really, I don't, as far I don't, as I, I remember, he, I don't think he has a match. He doesn't, he comes in with the shields in there. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. You don't Roman, come in, and Roman, Roman only has like one or two matches. Roman has a couple of matches because he and gets the NXT figure, which was weird. Because technically, wasn't he? Was he still Liaki then? I don't know if they had changed his name, but I think he might have been Liaki. And he was a time. heel. He yeah. was a cocky heel, which he is now. Uh, next breakout star, Travis, of this episode. If you don't say Bray Wyatt, you're stupid. Um, he just had 
His vignettes build up to him. Everything, I think Bray Wyatt is the guy. He has it. He has it. He has the, the promo, the work, the character, the finish. I'm going to just go ahead and just jump the gun here, but he's the first breakout breakout star of NXT to me. Yeah. I, I feel like you could almost argue The Shield yeah. um, but and, and Seth Rollins, but even then, I feel like... I mean, in the gimmick he formed in NXT. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because... Seth Rollins becomes the Shield, but he's not punk rocker Seth Rollins when he goes to the main roster. Lee, Roman Reigns isn't Lee Aki when he goes to the main roster. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, like, as in, like, the they, gimmick. they made him into this and they, okay, we're calling you up kind of deal. Yeah. He's the first, to me, first breakout one. And, like, you can't deny it. Like, the way these promos were shot, the way his match went, the way Regal puts him over on commentary. Do you remember everything? Do you remember the Elimination Chamber match between the White Family and uh, the fucking Shield? Mm-hmm. The fucking match rules. We gotta go back and watch some of these. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, some of this stuff, like, you don't... Because wrestling is every week, every week. Like, you forget about some of the good stuff that happens just because it's not talked about that much. And uh, some of this... Some of the really good stuff isn't even on the big five paper... Or the big four now pay-per-views. It's on Elimination Chamber or Money in the Bank. There's a TLC. Yeah. A TLC with the Shield versus... Um, Team Hell No Team and Ryback. Yeah, because it's supposed to be... Wasn't it supposed punk, to be Punk? Punk and Ryback, punk. but Punk yeah. got hurt. I think yeah. that's when he fucked his knee or his... Uh, yeah, Ryback his knee up. broke his knee for him or something, probably. I think it's when he threw him, like, threw, like, like, threw him really bad. He landed awkward. Um, match of the night. Um, I am going to give it to... Let me think, let me think. I'm going to give it to Tyson and Camacho. I think that was a really good match. Probably one of Camacho's best outings in the WWE roster. And Tyson Kidd shows why he is a ring general there. Uh, kind of crap finish with uh, Miguel Cuddy coming in. But Tyson really got to show what he was capable of. Especially with a bigger guy. A little bit more inexperienced guy. He took him to a 15 minute match. Which is, which is probably hard to do. I agree. I'll say that was a match of the night. A very close second to... Or a very close... Second place would be the tag match. Only reason, you know, Ty, I like Tyson Kidd too yeah. much. I mean, the primetime players and the Usos, you could definitely tell they have a chemistry. They've worked together because there. I don't think there was a botch in that match. If you really, if I think back on it, I don't think they had any. Well, I mean, they could have edited it out, but yeah. there's nothing noticeable. But yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. The next episode, guys, will be NXT from July 18th, 2012. Here's the matches we get: Tamina Tamina Snuka versus Caitlyn. Jinder Mahal versus Percy Watson. Showtime, Percy Watson. Leo Kruger. Yeah, baby. Versus Richie Steamboat, baby. Oh, yeah. Raquel Diaz makes her debut versus Paige. So weird. And Paige just left OWE, too, so it's so weird. The main event that we were just talking about, um, setting up from this show, Justin Gabriel versus Heath Slater, and I think it's a very surprising match. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Travis. Uh... Still selling stuff over there on eBay at TGL The Man 12. Tell me how much money you made <clears throat> off Ring of Honor DVDs. <coughs> I had a guy, and while I was sleeping, uh, decided he wanted to buy like um, $150 worth of DVDs, and then he liked a bunch of them, so I sent him offers, and we ended up ended up selling about $700 worth of Ring of Honor DVDs today. So, God damn. Um, good day. Shut <laughs> good the, good yeah, day. Shut the fuck up, Lindsay. Try <laughs> making money out of here. You're out there finger-popping your own asshole. <laughs> Megan, Megan that money's um, then uh, fast approaching the weddings coming up here uh, probably about two weeks out it's going to be two weeks out when the, this episode drops uh, 
Then we got the Toy Show coming up August 20th in Sevierville. Todd, the medic's uh, G.I. Joe and Toy Show. Looking forward to that. Try to sell some stuff. Maybe meet some cool people in that community. And um, and if you're listening to podcasts and you're uh, bored, you can check out the Wrestling Purist this week. I will be on uh, covering Bash of the Beach 2000. This is the reason this damn company's in the damn shit it's in. Shape it's in. It's because of bullshit like this. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a funny to me, like I'm just sidebar here. I watched that pay-per-view before I came here today to do this. And they make they bleep out Kevin Nash on pay-per-view saying ass three times. But Vince Rousseau can say, God damn, uh, so, and the bullshit like this doesn't get beat. But fuck, man, Kevin Nash can't, can't say, say ass. ass. Can't say ass on can't pay-per-view, say, boy. Can't say ass. And, um, and then, of course, Wrestling Ruined, um, hopefully... The next week we will get our uh, schedules together and we can record the good old Great American Bash 1995. I have my notes ready. I'm ready to watch some crap wrestling with the boys and possibly drink a few beers because it's going to be hard to get through it because I've watched that one too. Um, And that's about it. Passing on over to uh, Eduardo here. Yeah, guys. So, NGW, it's creeping up. We, uh, by the time this episode drops, we will be uh, 10 days away July 24th at the Jackson Terminal in the Old City in Knoxville, Tennessee. I have a, I have a table there, too. Travis will be there. I will be there, of course. Uh, we have some pretty good matches. We've already announced uh, Trey Lamar versus Calvin Tankman. Uh, as we are recording this episode, I'm actually about to drop another announcement, a four-way women's match. So that's going to be really fun. Of course, we get uh, uh, <clears throat> Billy starts back. Uh, Danny Moe returns. We also get Erica Lee, who was at our last show. She was also at our show in Virginia that we did. And the debuting Kayla Cassidy. So uh, we're really excited. Four-way women's action. I think uh, this area loves some good women's wrestling. No. Good good women's wrestling. Good good women's wrestling. True. But, yeah. So, guys, definitely check us out at NextGenTN on all social medias. Uh, Check us out at NextGenTN.net slash tickets for tickets. Uh, check us out on the High Spots Wrestling Network, guys. Best $9.99 in the biz. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cool shit on there. Um, NGW's on there, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Uh, there's a lot of cool shoot interviews on there. So definitely worth checking out, guys. And, of course, our podcast here, guys, uh, the next evolution, NXT Evolution. Follow us on all social medias at Next Evolution Pod, NXT Evolution Pod. Until uh, next week, Travis. No. At Travis Laster, at Wrestling Ruin, and go harass Brandon at Black uh, Ranch, Ranch, Black, Black, uh, no, Ranch and our, Black Lodge. And our good buddy at Ranch and Black Lodge, Brandon. Uh, but till next time, guys, I'm Eddie. This is Travis, and we will see you when we see you. Bye. Bye.